Attack in a philosophy of gender class at the University of Waterloo, family faces deportation to be divided between two different countries. Auto parts class action will give very little money to a lot of Canadians. The U.S. greenlights the sale of new military planes to Canada and tense calm follows the elections in Sierra Leone. Good morning. It's Thursday, June 29th. I'm Nora and here are your headlines. We start this morning with shocking news from the University of Waterloo. A man walked into a classroom and stabbed three people. No one received life-threatening injuries. Global News' Amr Khan reports that the survivors were two students and the professor. The man was arrested right after. He's being called, quote, a member of the university community, unquote, which probably means that he was a student, as I imagine they'd be more specific if it was someone who worked for the school or an alumni, but maybe I'm wrong. The class had been reported to be a philosophy of gender class. As of last night, Kevin Nielsen and Hannah Jackson with Global News reported that the individual has not yet been charged. Reaction online was swift, and many people tied the violence to rising hatred towards trans people. While it's unclear what the man's motives were, people will be watching closely as more details emerge. Next to a story that illustrates the depravity, inhumanity, and senselessness of Canada's borders. CBC Montreal's Verity Stevenson is reporting that a couple is facing deportation to two separate countries while their children will be deported, probably with their mother, but that is still being worked out. David Ajibad is Nigerian. A federal court ordered him to be deported to Nigeria. His wife, Arlen Huilar, has had her deportation order stayed for seven days while she demonstrates that her children have Philippine citizenship like she does. The couple lives in Trois-Rivières, Quebec. They have appealed the order, which first sought to deport the youngest son to Nigeria and the two oldest children to the Philippines. Ajibad was ordered to drive from Trois-Rivières to Quebec City for 3 o'clock this morning to be deported. His lawyer, Sabrina Kosim, has been working up until the last minute to try and stop the deportation. The couple has been together since 2009. When they first started dating, Ajibad was studying electrical engineering and Huilar was a teacher. They met online. They were married in Nigeria, but there, Ajibad said he was almost kidnapped. So they moved to the Philippines, but there, they faced racism. So they went to the United States, but didn't realize that they missed their opportunity to make an asylum claim. So in 2019, they decided to come to Canada by way of Roxham Road. The couple first started working at Olimel, at one of their meat processing facilities. Now, Huilar works for an aviation firm, and Ajibad is a foreman. They and their three children love Trois-Rivières and don't want to leave. Next, 23 class action lawsuits have received the green light in Ontario, British Columbia, and Quebec. The case alleges that there was a conspiracy to fix the price of 45 different auto parts. The lawsuits are worth $78 million. The class includes parts that were used in 12 different car brands, which are pretty much every brand that you can think of. They were sold between July 1st, 1998 and September 30th, 2016. The parts are at issue, not the actual cars. Successful members of the class will receive a whopping $25 per vehicle they bought during that period. 
but dealerships and car rental companies might get up to $10,000 each, especially if they bought a lot of cars. The class action started after someone or some entity came forward from the companies that were engaging in the price fixing to the competition bureau that triggered the process of the settlement, that triggered the process of negotiating the settlement. In exchange for having come forward, the companies are shielded from any criminal proceedings for the price fixing scandal. It looks very similar to that bread price fixing scandal where Canadians all got $25 each. Though you'd think that auto parts costs versus bread costs, I don't know, maybe maybe that $25 should be higher in the case of the auto parts settlement. Anyway, you can make your own claim by going to www.autopartssettlement.ca. Now to military news from the Ottawa Citizen's David Pulezi. The U.S. government is agreeing to allow a $5.9 billion sale of 16 new surveillance aircraft. That is a U.S. figure. In Canada, the money rises to more than $7 billion. Canada had requested a fleet of Boeing P-8 surveillance aircraft in March. The U.S. Defense Security Cooperation Agency said this, This proposed sale will increase Canadian maritime forces' interoperability with the United States and other allied forces, as well as their ability to contribute to missions of mutual interest. This will significantly improve network-centric warfare capability for the U.S. forces operating globally alongside Canada. Ah, so Canada's getting its warplanes because the United States thinks that it is in their security interest. In case you're wondering just how close our militaries operate. There was supposed to be a tender process to source these new aircraft. Initially, Boeing and Bombardier expressed interest in bidding on the new contract. But Public Services and Procurement Canada said that the P-8 aircraft was the only one that could meet their needs. And so they issued a letter of request for the aircraft sales. The new aircraft will replace CP-140 Aurora's news that Palazzi broke back in December. A group of aerospace firms in Canada have written a letter requesting that an open competition be set up. They're not very happy with the idea that Procurement Canada has gone straight to Boeing and asked for the planes. Pelizzi writes that the U.S. has been lobbying the Canadian government to increase its defense spending to buy more equipment that was made in the United States. Canada buys a lot of U.S. military equipment, like the F-35s, radar systems, and a lot of what Canada has sent to Ukraine for the war. The P-8 will be built in the United States. Canadian companies are not super happy with all of this, wanting instead to see investment into Canadian military and aerospace industries. Now to Sierra Leone, where Julius Mata Bio has been sworn in for a second term as president. Bio had just won the election in the first round of voting, with 56.17% of the vote. That is a narrow win, as presidential candidates must win 55% of the vote to avoid going to a second round of voting. The election had been tense, and many people braced for potential violence after the vote. But Al Jazeera reports that in central Freetown, things were calm. Eid al is a public holiday, and people were starting to celebrate the festival. Bio is the first candidate to win on the first ballot since the end of Sierra Leone's civil war in 1992. He and his main opponent, Samura Kamara, had already faced off at an election before, back in 2018. Bio is a former coup leader who campaigned on progressive politics. Camara rejects the outcome of the election. 
Those are your headlines for Thursday, June 29th. I'm Nora. You're listening to this podcast on the Real News Network or Sandy and Nora Talk Politics. I hope you have a great day and I'll talk to you tomorrow.